Hey, peoples. It's a podcast. Is that what this is? This is uh, the one that we call Talking Talkies, where we talk talkies. And it's, like, it's like we have a lot of them that we have to keep track. There's a, this is number 20. I just met a lot of different shows that we do. Uh, yeah, that too. We've got uh, um, things. We've got the stuff and things. But that's on the pie crust. Uh, we are now title. at 10% of... <laughs> no, we're at 20% of our other shows. Uh, but this one's called Talking Talkies, and we are presented on the Giant Media Ball. Giant Media Ball. It's like a giant ball of media. No fleas. No fleas. No fleas allowed. None. Absolutely. Usually your giant balls of just about anything, but most especially media. There's tons of fleas. There's fleas everywhere. They, they might as well be giant balls of fleas. Hmm. Interesting. But here at Giant Media Ball, we pride ourselves on our flea prevention. <laughs> Yes, indeed. <clears throat> anyway, so this is the show called Talkin' Talkies, where we talk our talkie. Yes. Uh, this week, we are going to talk about Alfred Hitchcock's 1954 thriller called Rear Window. And, of course, it stars Jimmy Stewart because it's Hitchcock and it's the 50s. Oh, yeah, what this is. Listener request! Boo, 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 boo! Unofficial theme song for thing. Yeah, we don't really have a theme song for this show. We're going to work on that. This was uh, requested by Ellis Holmes. Also known as Ellis Homeless, for those of you who listen to the Club Kayfabe podcast, a wrestling show. Thanks, Joe. Yes, uh, Ellis is not homeless. I don't think. <laughs> if he is, then he's got his priorities out of whack. Because what the hell is he doing listening to all these podcasts when he should be concentrating on having a roof over his head? He's certainly not playing this because he listened to our last show on the plane. Yes, he is not. He is not Ellis Lightless. <laughs> so, All right. What Ellis, happens in this movie? Yeah, Ellis is a buddy of mine. We work together at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter opening team. I worked in Hogwarts, and he was a dragon trainer. Oh dang, son! You know I'm so jelly that you that you work there. That's like such a freaking cool place. Yeah, it was it was awesome. It was uh, one year I did, a little a little under one year before I left and went back to Disney, just because it was so crazy and kind of it's a, it's a difficult area to manage because of how new and how popular it was, but it was fun and I will even though like there were negative things about it I don't reflect on that stuff anymore I reflect on all the cool stuff that happened like when Emma Watson randomly just walked into our break room to use the bathroom and said hi to us and that was kind of cool. But uh, actors in Rear Window probably aren't going to say hi to us anytime soon because I don't think any of them are still alive. I don't know. I, I, I didn't do a lot of that research, but I know that most of the principal actors here are no longer alive, but that's okay. Because it's from 1954. What do you expect, people? Yeah, unless they were like 10 when they made the movie. <laughs> You're right. All right. So <clears throat> most of you are probably familiar with the plot of Rear Window. Um, you've probably seen tons and tons of parodies about it. Everybody, everybody from the Simpsons to tiny tunes has taken their shot at this. Uh, it's a really cool story. It's an interesting plot. It's Hitchcock. So, you know, it's going to be good. I get, unless you're not a fan of Hitchcock, in which case it's not going to be good. 
But it's Jimmy Stewart. He plays a photographer who broke his leg at the racetrack because no one told him he had to stand there in front of all those cars. I love it because his apartment is filled with, with photos he's taken. And, like, all, none of them are, like, uh, you know, the photo you would think would be on, like, on the cover of a magazine. Because it's all, like, car as it falls apart and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, he plays a character named L.B. Jeffries, although they pretty much just call him Jeff throughout the movie. Um, and that's his deal. He's a photographer. He broke his leg, and he's been confined to a wheelchair during this horrible heat wave in Greenwich Village. And <clears throat> he basically, like, he sleeps in his wheelchair, and that pisses his nurse off. But he has nothing to do except to just stare out the window and look at what the neighbors are doing. And because there's such a heat wave going on, everybody's got their window open. And it's summer, so everybody's home and doing stuff. And it's Greenwich Village, so there's a lot of artists there. So that means that they're home a lot. <clears throat> and this is all the stuff that they're doing. Uh, some of the people that he looks upon include a tenant he dubs Miss Torso. <laughs> because she's always in her bra and underwear. Yeah, and she's a professional dancer who is constantly dancing in front of her open window in her underwear. And I guess she just doesn't care. And that's why she's called Miss Torso, because her torso is, already, is always exposed. Yeah, she's kind of a, she's kind of a cheating bitch because she's constantly inviting guys over and making out with them. Hopefully that's that might not be all she's doing, but that's all we see her doing. All we've seen her is, is get kissed a couple of times, but yeah, then but then at the end, her like real man comes back from the war or whatever. Yeah, there's a there's a couple of married couples, including some newlyweds. Um, one couple who sleeps outside on their fire escape because it's so damn hot. Yeah, so they've got the mattress out there. Um, then there's this one apartment building on the third floor. Is a couple with a dog, or is that the same couple with the no the sleep on the mattress? Uh, wait, yeah, that's the same couple. Yeah, and they constantly lower this basket down so their dog can run down to the garden and do its business. Um, the first floor of that apartment has a lady that he nicknamed Miss Lonely Hearts because she's always alone, always looking to. She did like a whole pantomime of a date. Yeah, she made like a fancy meal, like. Answered the door, took a kiss, started yeah. conversation. <laughs> uh, and she ends up going on a real date later, but uh, the guy kind of takes advantage of her and she kicks him out. And then she's uh looks to uh, end it all. But that's a, not the big plot point here. There's also a guy. He's a struggling musician. He's in a studio apartment writing songs on his piano. And he goes through phases of frustration you know, alcoholism, but then he also gets a tune right and he has a big party over and all these musicians come and jam with There's him. So many people in that little room. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, the main focus is what's happening on the second story of the main apartment building across the street. It's a guy, his name is Lars Thorwald, lives there. Uh, he has a wife who is bedridden and he's a traveling jewelry salesman. Custom jewelry. Yes, custom jewelry. That would be Raymond Burr's character. Um, I also forgot to mention that there's a sculptor who lives at the bottom who kind of who spends time either sculpting or just passed out on a lawn chair, Very or scolding much. or scolding the dog because the dog is going after Thorwald's flowers. 
And she's like, get away from there. You don't want anything to happen. Yeah. So I love the newlyweds because all they do is fuck the entire time. <laughs> and the guy like walks to the walks to the window, opens the window, has a cigarette, and then like she just yells for his name and he leaves again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's the life of a newlywed. But not all is peaceful here in Greenwich Village because one night Jeff hears a woman scream, "Don't!" Which was not a womanly scream. I apologize for that. I could do my Scott Steiner impression, but I don't feel like it. Don't! Yeah. Don't! Ugh, that hurts. And he hears a glass break. And then he gets awakened later by thunder as it's pouring rain. And the, the couple sleeping on the mattress are struggling to get inside and get their oh, mattress inside. Did you read inside. about, about yes. why that? That's one of my favorite things he did. Because yeah. uh, Hitchcock stayed almost entirely in... in uh, jeffrey's room while they made this movie and so he had he was like on an intercom into people's ears and what to do so he told the husband to try to turn the bed one way and told the wife to go to the other way <laughs> so they would struggle <laughs> it made for a very organic moment especially when he falls through the window <laughs> to get inside at the end yeah that was just hitchcock being a dick but it worked out it made for good film <laughs> yes it's good but um, he notices that he sees Thorwald like leaving his apartment repeated times late like in the night. Like three in the morning and then yeah. like another hour later and then he just leaves with a, with a, with a suitcase and then comes yeah. back like an hour later. Right. And he notices that he doesn't see the wife anymore, but he sees Thorwald cleaning this large knife and also a handsaw. And he also notices there's this really large trunk. It's got heavy rope on it, and all these moving men have to show up to haul it away. Things look supremely sketch. Yeah. So he's discussing all this with his live-in nurse, Stella. and uh, Well, not live-in, but a home care nurse. And his girlfriend, Lisa, that's Grace Kelly's character. Only time she's ever smoked a cigarette on screen. She did it for you, Alfred. He can... He get a lot out of people. Yeah, he really could. Have you seen the Hitchcock movie with Anthony Hopkins? No, I have not. Oh, it's so good. We should add that to the list for future viewing. Yeah, I watched it like five or six months ago because it was leaving Netflix. Oh. No, it was before before we started doing the show. Uh, so it had to have been like seven or eight. Still uh, cool. I would. No, I would wait. It was out. it was leaving HBO Go is what it was. Oh. It's okay. really good. It's all about uh. It's like a slice of life. It's from when he decides to start making Psycho through making Psycho. And you see, like, all this insight into his life. And so that was really good. Is Hopkins the one who plays him? Yep. That's awesome. Hopkins plays. Yeah. No, I have not seen that, but we should definitely add that to the list. And Helen Mirren plays his wife. And ScarJo and uh, Jessica Biel are actresses really good really good awesome well as we continue on with uh one of hitchcock's stories here uh he also gets a uh, police detective that's a friend of his involved tom just forgot his name for a sec tom doyle and he's like so did any he's he's asking him all these questions about why would this jewelry salesman go out all late like this and who's actually going to pick up the packing crate and he goes well mrs thorwald picked it up she's, a, she's upstate 
with her family. Blah blah blah. Yeah, that's the cover. Yeah. That she went upstate because there was a family emergency right. or something. But she, right, but she left her uh, she left her bag behind. She left all her jewelry behind. Most especially her wedding ring. Her wedding ring, yeah. But of course, like they're they're kind of agreeing with everything that Jeff is saying, but at the same time, they're also questioning his ethics. Because he's just a peeping Tom. Yeah. Even though his but, name's not Tom, the other guy's name's Tom. <laughs> yes. But uh, he's constantly calling these guys about everything. He's watching, you know, he's watching Lonely Hearts go on this date that doesn't do anything, and so he's he, he like sucks in his girlfriend and the nurse like hardcore. Because he's obsessed with what he's seeing. And then, like, they're, they're like, along for the ride now. Yeah. But uh, it all kind of takes a head when they the uh, that poor dog is found dead on the ground. Its neck is broken. And the owners are freaking out about how you don't know the meaning of the word neighbors. They're supposed to be nice to each other. And everybody comes to the window except for Thurwood. And all you see is him smoking a cigar in the dark. Like, that's the only thing you see is the light of his cigar. So now Jeff is convinced that he's guilty. And that's kind of what, what puts everybody over the edge, too. Like, his girlfriend and his nurse. And they're like, all right, let's... Uh, so he comes up with this idea. He writes a note that says, like, what happened to her? Or what'd you do with her? And he slides it under his door. So when he picks it up, he can react, see the reaction to it. And sure enough, Thorwald's, like, looking down the hallway, looking up the fire escapes. Like, who's the asshole who gave me this note? This is crazy stuff going on because this is all all on one set. Which, yeah. Uh, and like and like I said, Hitchcock stayed almost the entire time in the uh, in in Jeffrey's apartment. These, by the way, uh, one of my other favorite things is that this was all built on the on a, on a set, uh, but they had to take out the floor <laughs> because they had to build into the basement, right? So they could have three story buildings. So Jeff's built building, uh, Jeff's apartment is actually the street level apartment, and everything below that was in the basement. It was in the basement. It was all one set. It's crazy. And during this scene, right, it's uh, Grace Kelly's character comes in, slides the thing under the room. She has to run away, go downstairs, come out, uh, hide just out of sight, and then go back inside and come out and go around the back. And and this all just happens perfectly. And they're doing it all over like radio thing into into their ears. It's crazy to think about what they had to do in the fifties to put on something like this. Yeah, but it works and it tells a great story. So he's got to get Thorwald out of his apartment. So he calls him and says he's going to meet him at a bar. So as Thorwald disappears, uh, Lisa and Stella go next door. They try to dig up in the flowers. They don't find anything. So Lisa actually goes into the apartment. And then when Thorwald returns, he finds her. So Jeff quickly calls the police. Um, they're going to arrest her as for breaking and entering, but that's actually going to save her. But at the same time, she's wearing the wedding ring and she signals to him. And that's when Thorwald finally sees who's been pulling this off the whole time. So he calls the detective and he's like, you got to get over here right now. And he's explaining everything. Stella's, you know, Stella's at the police station. Or, uh, yeah, now Stella goes to the police station to post bail for Lisa. Now Jeff's all alone. So the phone rings and Jeff answers it like, hurry up. He's suspicious. He's leaving the apartment. And then he hears a click. He's like, oh, crap, that wasn't the cop. 
So Thorwald comes next door, and of course he can't lock his door because he's in a wheelchair and he can't get to it. So the only thing he can do is constantly blind this dude with his flashbulb every time he tries to take a step towards him, which is a classic Hitchcock thing, you know, over getting the drama going. And then he throttles him and tries to hang him out the window, but that attack uh, gets the attention of everybody in the apartment complex, including the cops who have arrived back and see what's happening. So a bunch of them run into the apartment to arrest him, and the rest of them <laughs> get downstairs as Jeff drops to the sidewalk so they can catch him. But uh, they've got all the evidence that they need. They've seen everything they needed, and they are going to make their arrest, and yay, Jeff is actually a hero. And now the heat's gone, he's in his wheelchair, now both of his legs are in cast because he fell out a third-story window. And the lonely neighbor is now chatting with the pianist because oh yeah she was gonna she was gonna take a bunch of sleeping pills and kill herself but like the right music he started yeah the right, the right music, music at the right time to hit to touch her heart yep now we see that uh, the dance Miss Torso's lover is home She's back in the army after she cheated on him all this time um. The couple who lost their dog, they've got a new dog now, and they're teaching it how to go down, up and down in the basket. And the married couple are, are now fighting. They're doing another thing with it. begins with F. And Fatars. Yes. Jeff is just kind of chilling, sleeping and everything. He's happy. Yeah. And it's funny because it ends with Lisa like reading a book on foreign travel so that they can go on vacations and do all this other stuff and be interesting. And then when she realizes he's sleeping, she just pulls out a fashion magazine. Yeah, she was a, a b- bizarre. <laughs> yeah, because that was like the big thing with them because he's a traveling photographer. So he could be out of nowhere's notice. He can be in the middle of nowhere. And and he's all like, you, you, won't, you won't like that life. Yeah. It's funny too because you're, you're a high fashion girl. And I'm pretty sure. Here. I'm pretty sure. I used to hear people do impressions of Jimmy Stewart before I ever heard Jimmy Stewart talk. So I want one this big. Yes. It, uh, the problem is, is you um, start going Don Knotts after a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I can't stay out here. It's cold. I'm gonna die. Anyway, yeah. Good old Don Knotts. Yeah. There's a fine line between Jimmy Stewart and Don Knotts impressions. John Don Knotts is a little bit more grating. Because uh, he's like, golly! But, you know, Jimmy Stewart's just a, just a regular talking cadence. Yeah. Um, so, cool note about the film. Um, all the sound in the film is very organic. There's only one thing that isn't, and that's like the very, very opening Right. So that actually keeps the is really helpful with the environment. All the, all the um, apartments that were built for this movie, they had electricity and they had running water and you could actually live in them. In fact, Miss Torso did. did. Yeah, Miss yeah, Torso did live in her apartment during the set. Um, during filming, the lights would get so hot that they could actually activate the soundstage sprinkler system. And they made it murder for anybody who was living in the top apartments because of how hot it got in there. But I guess that helps with the whole heat wave storyline. Another cool thing is that they only had um, four different lighting sets that could be switched out in 45 minutes to simulate early morning, afternoon, evening, and nighttime. So 
But it was all funny because the sun was in the same position all times. Yes, of course. Because cause that's what happens when you're shooting in a studio. <laughs> it was like, yep, they had really they had realistic lighting conditions, except for sun position. Oh well. Yeah. Um, and this of course was inspired by real events, including other stories of real people who did the same thing and were were caught being naughty. So there's a couple of cool stuff like that. Um, when, there he, is t- when he like grabs his camera, it goes like that's like full creep mode. Yeah. Um, Hitchcock makes a cameo like he does in all his movies. Somebody comes into the songwriter's apartment to wind the clock. That would be Hitchcock. Oh, that was him. That was him. Yeah. I mean, this is early ish Hitchcock, so I yeah. probably wouldn't recognize him right away. Um, one of the motive, one of the things that Hitchcock did for uh, Thorwald because he said he kind of came off as sympathetic in the beginning because he is basically just minding his own business, even though he is committing murder and this asshole spying on him from across, across the apartment complex. So he's just like, you know, I feel bad for the guy. So when he showed up in, in Jeff's apartment and started acting like an asshole, that was supposed to be the moment where you no longer, if there's any sympathy towards him, that's when you wanted to get rid of it. He's like, that was the moment that made me think he's, Kind of a bastard. So I appreciate what they did with that. Avoid making him a sympathetic character. I mean, he does kind of go to psychotic lengths to catch this guy, but he was right the whole time. So, yeah, I was half. I was. I guess I was half expecting it to to all just be, you know, circumstantial and craziness. Yeah, I, that's what I was expecting, too, because that's what a lot of parodies of this always did. But no, he actually was guilty. Um, of course, since we are talking about Rear Window, I've got to bring up a great one of my favorite parodies of this, which was uh, Bart of Darkness, the start of season six of The Simpsons, when Bart's confined to to his bedroom because he broke his leg when they got a pool and he thinks Flanders killed his wife. So he sends Lisa over to investigate and all she discovers is like, you know, <laughs> human head and she wipes it off and it's like hu- humane heads of lettuce or something like that. Oh, that that old gag. But I thought I thought you said that model was with God. Yeah, I went to Bible camp and Rod and Todd were going going with you. But I heard a woman scream. Well, I can't really describe that. It turns out it was actually Ned screaming because he killed her ficus plant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a murderer. That's not, that's not the real Ned Flanders. I'm a murderly erdler. Man, if that's not Flanders, he did his homework. <laughs> ah, yes. Uh, Rear Window. Uh, big thumbs up for me. Very classic movie. Really cool plot. Um, classic Hitchcock. Probably one of his best. Yeah. At first, I was kind of like, this is moving a little slow. But then, like, as soon as... Shit went down. You got as into it, right? Started That's up. exactly how I felt. It does start off kind of slow, but it's also a movie from 1954. A lot of them started off slow. A lot of a lot of older movies are not paced as well as modern. Well, some would argue that modern movies are paced too quickly to appeal to an ADD audience. But if that's what you're used hey, to, you're not. Gonna... I have ADD. <laughs> hey, but you know what? If that's I what actually you're used have to... ADD. I'm not one of these jerks that like think they do because of the way things are nowadays. Oh, okay. Well, cool story, bro. 
coolest of stories. But yeah, I um, if you're if you're not into slower paced movies, you're probably not going to be an older film fan. I mean, and that's also, you know, it's like comparing Goldeneye to Goldfinger. One of them is paced faster than the other. And there's a reason. It's the time difference. But that doesn't necessarily make the older one a bad movie because... Actually, the older older one is one of the best. Yeah. <laughs> older Bond movies are the better ones. But yeah, um, once this movie really picks up, it picks up and it really, it really hooks you. So it, it's definitely one I would recommend. And I want to thank Ellis Holmes for the recommendation of Rear Window. Yeah. It was really cool to watch it. Um, I don't think I have any interest in watching the version with Christopher Reeve. Oh, the made-for-TV one? Yeah, I probably would hate it. So I think I'm going to... Especially gonna... considering knowing that a few years later he was just a guy in a wheelchair. <laughs> yeah, that's why I didn't like it. <laughs> All right, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna, just going to go ahead and say that this will probably be the only version of Rear Window we're going to do for the show. But thank you for the recommendation, Ellis... And uh, I really liked it. Yep. Indeed. So next week, we are going to review The Wolf of Wall Street because I have not seen it. I don't think you have either. Nope. And we both really want to. It hit Netflix like right around the time when we started doing the show. So it was like, darn. Yeah. But but you know what? It's still there. Yep. So I looked. It's there still. Yes. So uh, Wolf of Wall Street is going to be our movie next week. As always, your homework is to watch the movie so you can hear us talk about it. If you haven't already seen it, check it out. If you have. It's been a few uh, years. And so I, I hope it's uh, I hope it's good. I've heard good things about it, so I'm excited to watch it. It's been on my personal hit list for a while anyway. So, so that'll be next week. And then we are going to start gearing up towards the opening of Jurassic World and in two weeks time that's in, uh, actually that's no three weeks. weeks time yeah Jurassic World and then a couple weeks after that is Terminator, Terminator right <laughs> we're going to do the double shot there um, we still have a couple of gaps to fill in so if you all have a request submit it and we'll watch it until then I am Chris and that is Dan see ya see ya